the biggest challenge is to actually understand what is it that you want. You might want something, but you don't know it yet, or you don't know how to get there. That's the biggest thing. I think people need this, you know? I agree. Um, I agree. Because it, it, it just, it, it brings light into people's life, you know? Yeah. Like, like, you want interested, um, whether they want to do it professionally or they just really like the music and they want to support the people. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think it's important uh, that people realize that the people that they admire that are playing these instruments and are doing this music that they really care about, they're humans. They're human beings, Absolutely. You know? And that's really how you should look at it. You shouldn't be looking at it like, uh, oh, you know, here's a god. No. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I certainly think that those people that we all admire, yeah. they, they were touched by something. But the humanity in them was really what allowed them to do what they did. You know, mm. like, you know, you think about Train, you know, the, just the other day, I went back to check out those recordings of Train yeah. uh, when he was at the, the, at the uh, military and doing like the, uh, you know, the Navy in Hawaii and stuff like that, trying to play bebop. And he really couldn't play. Wow. He really could not play. He was trying to play that bird. And he sort of had an idea. I, th- I think... He understood everything harmonically because, you know, the, the things about birds playing, they were always in trains from. Mm-hmm. But but he was coming he was coming from a different thing, uh, um, harmonically and mm-hmm. you know? uh, And I mean, you know, he he's someone who wasn't by any means uh, a child prodigy or anything like that. Right, he, right, right. He became what he became through determination and a lot of practicing. Uh-huh. But more, most importantly, uh, you know, that connection, you know, where he actually himself just, you know, and I mean, you're, you're, a, you're a Christian man. You, you all understand what I'm talking uh-huh. about. He himself to God, yeah. you know? And everything he did was because of God, you know? Yeah. He understood he came through that. And that was, that was his belief, and that was the way he played. And he played in a way that was faulty, like a human. And, yeah. and that's what he was looking for. It, like He was trying to communicate with God, and he was trying to be friends to his own music, you know? So I remember when uh, I studied with you in, my, in the last year of my undergrad, we had a very first lesson and I remember leaving that lesson and I was like, okay, that's it. I wanted something more because I came into that lesson knowing you're playing and I requested to study with you and I was so excited. And knowing you're playing, I came into that lesson thinking that um, I was going to get all of this understanding about advanced stuff on how to play outside and all of that stuff. But, your 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 approach was so simple and so clear. Uh, learn to play the saxophone. Work on technique daily. 
and check out Charlie Parker. You know, that was the two strongest pieces of advice that I got from studying with you. And my understanding was, wasn't that you were not just saying, well, Charlie Parker is the only thing, but the, in terms of the idea of understanding the foundations of the, lang- of the Bebop language, which has become the foundation for most of the music um, that, 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 that we play. Um, so that's something that I've also benefited from and also has sent me down a path of really just trying to go backwards and learn the music in, um, that I'm most passionate about, the origins of the music, but then also just learn how to play the saxophone. You know, it's something right. that's been really helpful um, to me. Um, how have you worked on um, developing uh, technique and learning how to play the saxophone? I imagine that from season to season of your life, it, it, that would have looked differently depending on what your goals were. Um, right. but how have you worked on it and also how do you work on it now? Well, um, in the beginning, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't come from a, from a family of musicians. So music, other than being able to sing in tune, music was completely new to me. So, you know, having an education like the kind of education that I had was great, you know, was really helpful. And I just, you know, I, I follow my teacher's advice, you know, uh, there's a book that's called uh, H. Close, like mm-hmm. complete yeah. method for all saxophones. That's, yeah. that's what I started on. Okay. I, I, I was on that book from grade five to grade nine. Okay. Once I got to grade uh, 10, then that's where they got me started on the, on the Marshall Mule book, which is what people know in, in North America as the Ferling book, right? Yep. And that, that is one of the most complicated books yeah. that exists <laughs> out there because this one, it's, all, it's tackling a lot of different things. It, it is super complex technically, but also there are two pieces uh, for each key. Yeah. One, one slow and one fast. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I think I played, I want to say 25 of them. Okay. And, and and I was struggling by the end. And there's like I think they're like 45 or something. You yeah. know that is that is a hard book, really hard. And I've I've read lots of blogs and stuff where people talk about this. And only only the uh, the super hardcore classical guys, uh, you know, have gotten to the end of it. You know, right. all the people that like the, the Paris Conservatoire and all that. Uh-huh. But uh, I mean, all all these kinds of things. There are other books like technical books by like Guy Lacour. Yeah. And, you know, um, at some point, of course, maybe grade 11 or, well, I mean, even before that, I was already playing like classical repertoire mm-hmm. for saxophone. But yeah, it was, it was a combination of all these things. Uh, you know, I remember um, my, my teacher came from France. And he showed us this video uh, of this kid. He must have been maybe 11. Okay. And he was playing scales, you know, like the, like the, the, the French the French way of playing scales, how we talked in the lesson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But this kid was doing the scales. I don't, I don't even, I was able to do it for a little bit because I got really into it, but I, I don't think I could do it now. He was doing each scale, what was it, so like five times? 
breathing once or like seven times, you know, and that was like insane. Wow. You know, I mean, at this point, I, I do, I do think that the French with their school, they've also kind of gone too far with the technique. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> like if, you think, if, you, if you actually think about, uh, you know, the classical school and how it started, like Marcel Mule, in fact, Marcel Mule played on a metal mouthpiece. And, you know, and it's kind of funny because if you, if you think about it, you know, in America, uh, actually, I don't, I, don't, I don't like the term America because America is a continent. Yeah. Uh, in the United States, yeah. uh, you have people like, you know, Coleman Hawkins and Ben yeah. Webster, like, you know, Leslie Young, and they had a very expressive sound, yeah. which actually was on par with the way that, that uh, Marshall Mew played. Mm. If you listen to the recordings of Marshall Mew play, it, he didn't play the saxophone like how they play it now in, in right. France. Like now, they play like the, the sound, it's almost like apologizing that it's a saxophone. It's like <laughs> very, very like small sounding, yeah. almost no, uh, you know, emotion on the sound, you know, where as Marshall Mew play with a metal mouthpiece, like huge sound, lots of vibrato, you know, right. like yeah. that kind of thing, right? So, but in terms of playing the saxophone, it was really helpful for me okay. to be surrounded by that. And it, yes, the, the, you know, my practicing and the things that I've done change uh, noticeably uh, with the years because as you get older, you got more responsibilities and, and you have less, basically less time to practice. Right. So now I try to be very specific about my practice. Okay. And I get my phone out. And I find a read, and I, I make sure that it works on all registers and stuff. Uh -huh. I, I work my reads with a read gig thing. Uh -huh. So I, I work on every read every time before I, I start playing. Okay. And the first thing I do, it's 10 to 15 minutes of long tones. Okay. Every day. Okay. Every day. Then I'll move into the scales, how, how we talked about it. Yeah. If, if I have time, I move to the scales, and then I'll do all 24 yeah. scales. So you're starting on the low B flat, and then, okay, yeah. cool. The long tones, just to make it a little bit easier for me, yeah. I have started to uh, begin on, like, just like low G. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, then I go up to C, mm -hmm. or C sharp. Yeah. Then I go to uh, middle G. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I work my way down to D. Okay. Yeah. Then I go to Altissimo G. Mm -hmm. I work my way down chromatically back to middle G. Mm -hmm. Then I go back to low G and I do the rest down. Okay. I only only I found that the the more the, the the more prepared I was for the lower notes, the less I would have to struggle with it. Right. But then by the time I get to, uh, you know, to start my scales, then I can start them in low B flat. Right. And so you're separating, you're approaching it sort of like in, in registers or in, or in ranges. Right. Okay. Right. Cool. Right. Would, would you mind sharing how you work on scales, even though I know just for the, for the audience? Sure. Yeah. 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 So the way I work in the scales, it's, uh, it's, it's how the French do it. I got yeah. it. I got it from the, um, what is it? It's the Jamari Lundbeck's book, and this, okay. this is uh, this is how they do it in the conservatoire, or at least how they did it, right? So the the, the idea is that you cover the scale uh, first, mm -hmm. then you do thirds, then you do fourths, mm -hmm. then you do the the aperture, mm -hmm. 
scalp, then you do the uh, the uh, the dominant, mm -hmm. and then you go on the minus curve, then you do the diminish, right? Okay. Yep. The two main diatonic systems, yeah. Exactly, you know. Yeah. And I think I think that would be that would be key to try to improvise because first and foremost, improvisation it's not exclusively jazz. Right. You know, in all in all sorts of forms of music around the world, there's improvisation. Mm -hmm. So just because it doesn't sound jazz doesn't mean you're not improvising. You know. Mm. So knowing knowing your major and minor scales is key, right? Also, you're covering all the real state of the horn. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Is there something that you've been working on um, in most recent times um, that's kind of taking you towards uh, a new goal on your instrument? Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, only on Monday. I got a I got a message from a really great friend of mine, Aldo Salben, saxophonist okay. uh, uh, from Cuba who lives in Miami, uh, and he's a great saxophonist composer. He actually he's a teacher of uh, of uh, of the classical saxophone studies at University of Miami, Rose oh. uh, University, mm -hmm. and he's done his master's in jazz, and I think he's doing his PhD uh, in jazz as well. 
So he sent me, um, there's a video of him. Uh, well, it's a video that he's putting together. He's got a series of videos on YouTube yep. now um, uh, that he's put together. And they're like covering various topics. But I think there's one that's coming out today. Okay, um, wow. I'm playing one of his new etudes for autism. Wow. You know? And now, and uh, he, he came out with two books. Uh, that he just sent me, and they're they're great. So I'm I'm actually really excited to dig into this stuff, and I'll, I'll play a little bit of uh, of the one that I yeah I love that I love that yeah. <laughs> It's really been a pleasure uh, talking with you about your own journey and about those ideas of, you know, music being uh, music and playing the saxophone being separate spheres, but how they overlap. And um, I really love the idea of just making sure that you're addressing the human condition through through your music. Uh, before we wrap up to, to, today, I have a rapid fire question game that I would like us to play called three, two, one. Um, so I'd like you to share three albums that have been influential, two saxophone players that have been influential for you, and leave our audience with one piece of advice. Three, three records that were uh, influential to me. Yeah. I mean, three, it's, it's too little. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, off the top of my head that I could think of, uh, you know, Charlie Parker with Strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Coulter and A Love Supreme. Mm-hmm. And Miles Davis, Miles Smile. Wow. Okay. You know, I mean, those are three. I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, things that are very different from one another. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So. Cool. And what, who were two saxophone players that were really influential for you? Uh, I mean, again, the list will need to be a lot longer, but I, I would say. The, mo the most important ones would be Charlie Parker and John Coulter. Okay, cool. And what's one piece of advice you want to leave with the audience? Um, to always, always follow your natural instinct. Wow. You're going to have people 
in, you know, in, in whatever it is that you do, especially if you happen to be a creative person, mm -hmm. you're going to have all kinds of people trying to diminish what you do, trying to talk you out of it, you know, don't listen to them. Just continue on your journey and, and you'll, you'll find yourself. Just, well, you know, believe in yourself. Keep going. If it, if it speaks to you, if you, if you feel in your gut, just, just go for it. Man. Ooh, I'm accepting that piece of advice right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure to sit down with you and, Thank and, you too, Thank you. and chat again. Um, if you're listening and you want to connect with Luis, um, you can go check his website. What's your website again, Luis? Uh, it's luisdennismusic.com. Amazing. Uh, he's also on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. What's your handle yep. on Instagram? Uh, Luis Dennis Music. Amazing. So across all platforms, Luis Dennis Music. Uh, thank you again, Luis. Um, if you're listening, thanks so much for checking out this episode of the, of the podcast. And I hope that this conversation was both inspirational and empowers you to keep taking ground in your personal and professional and also creative journeys as a saxophone player. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, Luis. Thank you.